Welcome to the second episode on cults. This time we are getting into some famous cults, things like Scientology, Jehovah Witnesses, Nexium, and more. If you haven't listened to part one first, go back and listen to that and then tune in for this while we break it down for you. This is Heather Wood and Jamie Hayhurst, and this is the Intuitive Girls Guide. Hey, we're popping in with a little quick update for you. Since our last episode aired, part one of That's a Little Culty, um, Sarah Edmondson, who is, she was part of the Nexium cult that we have talked about. um, And she was also featured on the documentary, The Vow, um, that Jamie and I mentioned a lot in these two episodes. She actually reached out to us on Instagram. We were excited, weren't we, Jay? So cool. (laughs) So we've been chatting with her a little bit um, and we wanted to let you know that she actually has a podcast. Yeah. So her podcast is called A Little Bit Culty and she does it with her husband, Nippy, who you also meet in The Vow if you watch it. Um, And it's interesting because they have two episodes released and their second episode um, called Cults 101. They have an expert on and they go over different it's called the bite theory b-i-t-e and it goes over all the different characteristics of a cult like what we discussed in our previous episode in our in our own cult episode um so we thought it might be interesting and helpful for you guys if you want to learn more or hear more you can go and listen to sarah's episode the cults 101 episode um and learn all about that stuff from someone who has unfortunately had firsthand experience in a cult Yes, exactly. And what's the name of her podcast again, Jay? A Little Bit Culty. Awesome. Okay, so make sure you guys go and check that out after you listen to to this episode and um, give us some feedback about that too. All right, let's get started. Let's do it. Hey, Jay, can we talk some more about cults? Because I am really excited to dive into some examples of cults. Yes. So we got all of the definitions, the characteristics, the traits. We got those out of the way in the last episode. If you haven't heard it, go back to it. Um, And now I think we should just dig in and actually talk about some well-known cults in our culture. Yeah. And I got to tell you, a lot of times we get, um, we love getting feedback from you guys. And one of the things we hear the most is that people would love to like sit and have coffee with us. And they feel like when they're listening, they're like actually listening to us just talk. I think this is really close to that actually happening because we have a lot of conversations about this stuff and we watch documentaries and like call each other. Like, so, so if you were one of the people who sent that in, like welcome to our chat. Coffee, coffee, coffee time with Heather and Jamie. Yeah. We've even dragged my mom into this stuff. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think normal people do that about like primetime shows like, oh, you have to watch Grey's Anatomy or you have to watch this sh- like The Queen's Gambit. And I'm like, Heather, you have to watch The Vow. Yes. I, yeah, I think I surprised you on an episode. I waited to tell you that I had watched it as like a yeah. present to you. Like, yeah, I did. Yeah. Also, you just said that we're weird and that we're not normal people. Like, are you sure? Oh, well. People like to tell me I'm weird, but maybe I'm not. We are the weirdos, mister. (laughs) Exactly. All right, let's start. So this one is um, the Jonestown cult. I feel like this is 
one that like most everybody has probably heard of. Yes. And this, the actual name was the People's Temple Agricultural Project. Really? Yeah. Better known as Jonestown, though, because um, the leader, his name was Jim Jones. Okay. Um, And so he, he originally was from California, I think, of San Francisco. Um, But Jonestown was a remote settlement in Guyana established by the People's Temple, a San Francisco-based cult led by Jim Jones. Mm -hmm. This is rough. In total, 909 individuals died in Jonestown. Good Lord. That is, ugh. All but two of them from an apparent cyanide poisoning in an event termed the Revolutionary Suicide. I can, like conjure the picture in my head that was shown on the news. Exactly. That's how I remember a lot of cults too. I think you and I are like close enough in age that we remember them from like from the media and just sort of like, I just have sort of snippets of photos of them in my head. Yeah. We were kids when this happened, but I, I had on my child size judgy pants. I remember thinking like, how could anyone right. do this? But I mean, almost a thousand people. I mean, it's, Including children. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. So Jonestown is one that you'll hear, hear people talking about a lot. Um, Heaven's Gate is the next one, which I remember from, from my childhood also. Yeah. Um, so this is a religious cult, but sort of like a wacky, it's like wacky because it, it was, it's an American UFO religious cult based in San Diego. So they believed (laughs) also there's still a website that's up with materials that you can, you can still get materials and you can still join it. How is that allowed? No, I don't know. I went, I went to it and I was like, someone's watching, someone's like encrypting my server, watching me watch this website, but I went to it. (laughs) FBI has flagged me. (laughs) (laughs) So, but it was founded in 1974 and led by Marshall Applewhite. So, but then in 1997, so that's over 20 years that it existed. It started in 74. Um, Deputies of the San Diego County Sheriff's Sheriff's Department discovered the bodies of 39 members of the group, including Applewhite, in a house in a San Diego suburb. They had participated in a mass suicide in order to reach what they believed was an extraterrestrial spacecraft that was following the comet Hale-Bopp. Wow. I, I guess I like blocked out some of these details because yep. that, that's out there. Wow. Yep. And so they thought that there were like UFOs and that like they were trying to get to that comet and that was going to lead them to like heaven like heaven's it's called heaven's gate they thought they were like literally going to go to heaven via a a comet and a spaceship wow wow that's that's a lot that shows you the power of mind control because that was a big group as well right yeah 40 people a lot of people jesus um this one i remember a lot being violent um the branch davidians Mm. Um, so this was a, a religious sect founded in 1955, again, decades and decades 
because it wasn't until 1993 um, that there was this big blow up known as like what we just call now is Waco, but they call it the Waco siege mm-hmm. um, in Texas. Um, a 51 day siege. So like 51 days they were held there sort of held hostage by their leader with like the government, the FBI and the ATF outside for 51 days um, ended with 76 people, including their leader, David Koresh were dead from a fire that took over the compound. Wow. So like the, I, I believe it was the ATF was trying to like get them on certain charges. And when they found out that they were there with warrants, um, Koresh basically refused to let them in and it became a standoff. I might be, I might be messing up some of those details, but it's close to that. Um, And it ended with them all dying. Now there is sort of speculation. You can read different articles that say that Koresh started the fire um, as a way to just like, as a a suicide to just end it for everybody. Um, Some people say that the, government officials started the fire and it took the whole compound over and they died in the standoff. Mm. I think it depends on like what you read and who you want to believe about that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to blame the cult leader for that. (laughs) No, I have no like (laughs) jurisdiction to do so. I'm going to go with that guy already sucks. So let's blame it on him. Right. But I mean, that's, that's 40 years that that cult, that, religious sect had existed. So you're talking about children that were raised in that and that grew up believing that. So when we talk about like, why are you in this? Why are you living on this compound? Like, it's not that simple. (laughs) Very, very true. Yep. Um, I'm trying to decide how I want to line these up. If I should just go with them. Yeah, we'll go to the Jehovah's Witnesses, which I feel like some people, there might be some pushback, like saying that Jehovah's Witnesses are a cult, but they are. And and a lot of former members have come out and spoken like very vehemently about, about how cult-like and how just like how damaging being in that group was. I mean, I think it checks all the boxes that you did before. So just because it's, it's called a religion mm-hmm. doesn't and that has a lot of people in it does not mean that it's not a cult. I, I think it's, I don't even call it culty. I'd say full cult. Agreed. I agree. So that's the Jehovah's witnesses are basically just an extreme Christian religion using many of the tenants that qualify for being a cult, but they believe, like I said, in the episode last episode that, um, that there's an apocalypse apocalypse coming, there will be a judgment day. And if you, don't believe if you haven't lived your life accordingly, then, and this is the scary part. And you can, you can watch shows on people talking about this. You can see there's people all over TikTok talking about their experiences in the Jehovah's witness cult, um, that they're told that not only is the apocalypse coming, but that it happens in an instant. And so literally everyone that is like bad or wrong or doesn't believe they just disappear. Yeah. So like you, you live in this suspended terror of waiting for this, like basically like this finger snap of God to happen. And 
And you don't even know, like if you haven't lived right, you could disappear. It's not like, oh, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. I'm good. It's like you could still be in the religion, but have screwed up enough so that like the finger snap happens and you poof and vanish too. Yeah. I, if anybody else out there is a a dork that loves Avengers stuff like I do. (laughs) Okay. I know where you're going with this. This is like the Thanos finger mm-hmm. snap where half of the population disappears. I remember watching that movie for the first time and being like, I wonder if they took some of this from Jehovah Witness belief because it really mm-hmm. very much aligns with that. I, I don't think that you're, you have seen that. Have you seen No, that? I haven't. Okay. I think I'm going to tell you that you have to watch it so that we can talk about it because yeah. Yeah. And, and they also say that once that happens, like once this moment happens and everyone who's not a, not a believer disappears, the earth then becomes paradise. So it's not like, so if you're thinking to yourself like, well, why the hell would I want to sign up for that? If everyone I love disappears and I'm just stuck here on the planet, it's not like this barren wasteland type of apocalypse. It's like the world ends, like the bad people go away. And then you're left in this like magical paradise living your best life, I guess. Um, yeah. It's kind of a spin on heaven and hell in like a literal, like heaven literally become the planet becomes heaven. Right. If you want to, if you want to be in the place that turns into heaven, then this is what you got to do. I mean, it's not that far off from what um, religions believe. Right. Exactly. This is can't like, they can't celebrate holidays and stuff right like there's a lot of really weird rules that they have i don't think they even celebrate birthdays actually no i don't think that they do yeah it's very it's very very strict it's like a very overt religious experience it's very extreme Mm, absolutely yeah and you also i think it's similar to scientology in that you have to put in like a lot of hours into the religion as well right right and you have to do that door to door and like knocking on doors and trying to like solicit people to come in. And that's what we went over with like the characteristics of a cult is that you have to, there's pressure to bring people into the group. There's pressure to bring money into the group. Absolutely. Yep. I know. I always think that like, Oh my gosh, someone in a suit walking in the neighborhood, everybody hide. I mean, I think that if anybody comes to my door that I'm not expecting. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want anyone at my door, but definitely someone trying to convert me to a a religion. Certainly not. I like to try to answer the door in my like witchiest outfit, like holding burning sage and like a crucifix or something just to like, see if I can scare them. Yeah. yeah like you don't, you don't want me here. You don't want me in your group. I'm not in your target market. <laughs> target audience. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's talk about one of our favorites here. We have a couple more to go through, but let's start with Scientology. Oh, so good. So bad, so good. (laughs) You have not done or watched any of Leah Remini's um, Scientology stuff. She's two specials, right, Jay? Yes, she has two, and now she has a podcast. Yeah, Um, you have got to her and Mike Rinder. Awesome. Like, it's so good, and it's so mind-blowing where – I know we're going to talk about Nexium, where that one I was like, holy cow, I understand how people could get sucked into with the Scientology stuff, I was blown away by how powerful this cult slash corporation is mm-hmm. and how much room they have to operate in our society. 
Yeah, it's really, you really see in the documentaries that she produced, Leah Remini produced and starred in, uh, or led or whatever, that it's really insidious. Um, Obviously, the things that happen inside the group are, but their reach in the government, um, they literally sort of like twisted and turned and manipulated the IRS into giving them a tax-exempt status, even though they're not a religion. They literally don't. They've given themselves religious, like they use religious words, but they're not a religion. They're basically just like an anti-psychology cult. Yeah. Like a self-improvement, but like they think that anyone that does like psychology, um, psychotherapy, that they're all frauds. And even if you take medicine. Mm -hmm. Right. You can't take medicine of any kind. They don't believe in that. Like you were saying before, they don't believe, they don't trust the police. Um, they, oh my gosh, so many things. Like they call people who are not like, let's say you were, you were in Scientology mm-hmm. and then you came out, you were like, you know what, this, this is not for me anymore. They would call you a suppressive person and feel like they have full rights to, to bully you and harass you. And I mean, depending on what you believe, sometimes even murder people. Um, and definitely let people die. Like they definitely let people die. There are documented cases of letting people die. Mm -hmm. So it's not to go to authorities, not to go to hospitals, not to, um, sort of be exposed for their practices. Yeah. I mean, one example that I think that's like somewhat recent is, um, Lisa Marie Presley is a Scientologist and her son, passed away recently and there was a lot of talk about how you know he was not allowed to get any help right um and this and no judgment and I would never I'm not trying to be judgy to Lisa Marie or anything I don't I don't know her life but like just the sadness that you're surrounded by people who are supporting stuff like that and how scary that is like there's also this what I thought was so striking about Scientology is that they think that humans, how can, how do you describe this, Heather? They think that everyone is just born as a human and that there's like, no one's really a child. You're just like a human in a child's body. And Mm -hmm. so children aren't actually raised by their parents in Scientology. They're just like thrown together in this group of kids that have to work until like, until they're old enough to, to like do work for Scientology. Yeah, they're not treated as children. That's like a, they say that they're just little, little people, right? They're not given a formal education. So, which is on purpose so that you can't leave. You have no skills. Right. <laughs> um, and they also believe it's something that you and I are very vocal about in this, the spiritual woohoo world and self-development world, um, which is that if, if something bad happens to you, if you're the victim of some kind of violence or sexual abuse or something that it was because of something you did. Right. And then you have to go through all these procedures to sort of talk through and pinpoint where you went wrong, what caused this problem in your life and what you have to do to correct it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, did you Google about Scientology? Did you go on the internet? That's why you were maybe like, that's so freaking toxic. I can't even. Right. And, and you become, they force you to be like obsessed with the teachings of L. Ron Hubbard. Like he has this thing, what's it called? The bridge that you have to like, there's all these courses and classes that you keep 
um, taking and you ascend higher and higher on this bridge, which will theoretically result in your enlightenment. But they, they don't tell you that those classes end up costing you hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy the books and to take the courses. Even millions of dollars. And then, you know, you, you see people, um, and Leah Remini is one of them, but like even people who got higher on the bridge than her, who came out of Scientology being like, it was, it was BS. Like, I can't believe I paid all that money to get nothing. <laughs> right. Exactly. And all that money is just being funneled into like the corporation and then they get tax exempt status. So they then just have literally billions of dollars um, it, and they can do whatever they want with it. Well, that's the whole thing. It's the amount of money that they have and how much of it they spend hiring like private detectives and people to uh, follow, get dirt on and harass people who have left or anybody who speaks out against them. Right. Exactly. That that should not be, that's some like mafia bullshit. Yeah, it really is. And it's terrifying. And that's what Leah's podcast is about. It's called the aftermath. It's uh, no, it's fair gaming. Um, And it's about the practice of like basically bullying and intimidating people into keeping their mouth shut when they leave Scientology, destroying people's lives so that they won't out, Scientology for the terrible things they do. Absolutely. And it's, it's intense. And this is a weird place for me to tell you something insensitive, but true, but I'm going to anyways. Okay. I'm secretly hoping that you and I get a hate website made by Scientology about us. Oh yes, they do that. That would be cool. I know. So like, if you guys know Scientologists, tag them in, in like our stuff. Hear it. I I secretly want them to be mad at me and put a website. Like I don't want a private detective following me. Like I draw the line. But I would love if right. Scientology put up a hate website about you and I. That would like make my day. Right. So what they would do is they would buy like Heatherwood.com and then they would like or in like any variation of that, like yep. Hwood.com, like anything like that. And then they would put all these salacious fake stories about Heather on there so that people would read about what a terrible, horrible person she was so that when she was speaking badly about Scientology, you wouldn't believe her because she's obviously this rotten human. Yeah. And they feel like that's fully okay to do to lie and make that stuff up because um, that person is standing in the way of Scientology clearing the planet, whatever that means. Right. Like that's what we talked about. Like the ends justify the means. Like they don't care that they're destroying lives because they want to clear the planet, perfect the planet and make everyone ascended. Yep, exactly. And you guys, the links that they go to, I know I'm joking about the website thing, but like the links that they go to are terrifying. And Scientology makes it so like, if you are, if you have a family member who leaves, like I'm, I'm totally thinking right now of like Katie Holmes and um, Tom Cruise, like, you can't ever speak to them again, even if it's like your child. No. And that's, and that really illustrates like how fully entrenched you become like that Tom Cruise would forfeit a relationship with his child to further, or like to stay in Scientology, to stay in good standing in Scientology. Yeah. Tom Cruise, that's creepy. Tom Cruise and David Miscavige are basically like the, 
leaders. I don't think Tom Cruise has like, I don't think he's running the show, but I think he's got a lot of power and he's like the kind of the show pony, right? Agreed. I have a question for you that that leads perfectly to my question. Oh, good. So I really can't, I'm consumed by this question. (laughs) I can't wait. About cults. And I've asked you this before, but I just, I can't figure it out. So why do people who are in charge of cults say like David Miscavige, who is for, if we weren't clear about it, L. Ron Hubbard started Scientology, but then despite him being like this enlightened human being, he still died. Unfortunately, wasn't already supposed to come back. He was supposed to come back in a different body, but he hasn't. But um, so this other person, David Miscavige took over Scientology. He is now like the president or whatever, I don't know, whatever his title is, but he's the leader of it. Mm-hmm. Does someone like David Miscavige or say Keith Ranieri, who is, was the leader of Nexium, which was like a self-improvement slash sex cult. Um, do they know what they're doing? Like, do they, I really can't wrap my mind around that they would intentionally start out and be this awful and horrible and rotten. But if they're not, if they didn't, then how is it this well done? Like, I mean, I know it's awful, but it's actually like really well done, like the implementation of all of these practices and ideals and all this manipulation and horror, you know, what is it like, are they in on it or do they really believe what they're selling to everybody? Well, in the case of the people I feel as though I'm an expert on, which is David Miscavige and, (laughs) um, and what's his face, Keith Ranieri, um, who look a lot alike to me, by the way. They do. Yes. Um, I would say that they both absolutely knew what they were doing and set out to do it. And I think David Miscavige definitely knew what he was doing, looked to take over that post, saw an opportunity Mm -hmm. and seized it and then did what he did. Keith Ranieri, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of like kept being surprised at how skilled he was at doing this. Um, And I know we'll talk about them, but he had um, somebody – Nancy, what was her name? Oh, I forget her last name. Yeah, yeah, Nancy was her name. And she was really skilled in NLP. And like, so she was able to control a lot of people for him. So I think that he might have just kind of like continued to set his slights higher. Like, I don't think he started going like, I'll have sex slaves, which is where he ended up. Right. But I think he just kind of kept growing in that power. And I don't know, you look at the these cult leaders, they're all kind of like short little white men. Yes. Aren't they? I mean, it's not only there are of course other cults that are not short little white men leading them, but like across the board. Right. They are. They are mostly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Cause that's sort of how I saw a lot of them where they started. I don't think any of them ever had good intentions. I don't think any of them ever actually wanted to like, change the world or save the planet. But I think that they started off like maybe trying to get money or some power or a sense of like, you know, superiority over people. And then it sort of snowballed into this nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. I think the kind of 
person who's looking to control people at all is a very dangerous person to have any control, if that makes sense. So it's only going to like grow their need for it because it's a very empty way to feed yourself. And so like somebody who's, who's like feeding their own ego and self-worth and thoughts of grandeur by controlling other people, they're going to have to constantly do that more and more because it's not going to be enough to control 10 people or 20 people or 50 people. They're going to need to keep growing that to feed that. Right. You're never going to be satiated with what what you're getting. And I think you also have to keep raising the bar for what people have to meet for you to keep them sort of hypnotized in in the chaos of the group, right? Like if exactly if they plateau out somewhere, if there's no end goal, then they're going to start to notice the red flags. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So they have to keep sort of like upping their game for lack of a better term. Right. Um, and sucking you into all these different things, which make, I think of Keith Ranieri right now. And we're thinking of like all the different sort of twists and turns he took um, to keep people um, like, drinking the Kool-Aid for lack of a better term. Right. Well, so let's jump into Nexium then. We'll just go there. Okay. So Nexium, um, it's an American sex cult <laughs> engaged in sex trafficking, trafficking mm-hmm. while claiming to be a multi-level marketing company. Mm-hmm. It was based in New York uh, in a suburb of Albany and it was run by Keith Ranieri, who we've, we've spoken about at length. Um <laughs> The group claimed to offer personal and professional development seminars through its executive success programs. That's what they call it, like ESP. Um, And they were large group awareness trainings. Um, Ranieri is now serving a 120-year prison sentence for conspiracy and sex trafficking. But like you said, it didn't start off as a sex cult. It really was just like a multi-level, like you start here in this personal development thing. Like you keep going up the levels. Um, you keep, you know, paying, you're paying for these courses. It's not out of the goodness of their heart. Like you mm-hmm. keep doing these courses, you go away on these retreats, you go to these classes and seminars. But to your point, I think that he got so entrenched in it and he got so wrapped up in like the, the power that he had from people that he kept pushing the limits. Like how far can I push this? And it ended up literally being a sex cult. Yes. So I feel the need to like break this down a little bit right here. Will you fill in anything that I miss? Just because I don't think people know a lot about Nexium. I think they've heard of Scientology. Maybe they don't know how scary it is. Um, but Nexium. So first of all, you've got to watch the vow again. I'll put these in the show notes. You must. Um, so this is about this and it's so well done. You will spend the beginning of this. This is the one that we talked about in the last episode where I told you I was texting Jamie saying like we would be in this cult um, until we get to the sashes. I'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but it's really well done that you're like, Oh, I could see how someone could be in this. Um, and then finding India. Is that what it is? Yes, I believe so. That's the second one. I'll put I'll put those um, in the show notes for you. But they are so worth the watches. They're like documentary series. So <clears throat> definitely check those out. But Nexium was basically like, here's some self help stuff, and they would they were very targeted. Like some would be towards businesses, right? Like some would be towards, um, you know, just 
people who want to like better their lives. And they were sort of done like parties. So think MLM, like going to someone's house and like a party, they were set up like that. Yes. And so you would get in and you would start doing these classes and and they were using like real self-development techniques that weren't theirs, like NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, which I'm certified in. I had to like really have a a talk with Jamie, like to make sure I wasn't going to start a cult accidentally when I saw them using it. (laughs) She had to talk me down from that ledge. But um, so you get in and they're using these real psychology techniques to that are designed to help people. And like NLP was kind of started to help people quit like smoking and stuff, right? It's like a hypnosis. It's they use hypnosis too. Um, They use all different kinds of things. And so they're using stuff and they're using like limiting beliefs, terms you've heard in the self-help world, right? right exactly. You're in and you're having these breakthrough moments and they show you this in the documentary. And then sort of the next step would be to have your own party and bring people in and, and to do that. And like you get free stuff out of that. And then it would be about bringing you in as a coach. That's the term they use, coach. Coach, right, exactly. You would learn and you would do this for other people and not make any money at it for a really long time. And if you did make money at it, it was really small amounts. Right. And so then you're in as a coach and now you're bringing people in. People are opening centers in different cities. Like this is where you get this competitive climb the ranks thing. Right. And this is where the sashes come in. (laughs) (laughs) They had these weird, awkward sashes, right. That you would put on to represent what level you were as a coach. Almost like, I think, didn't they say they took it from like karate with the belts Yeah, because Keith did karate or taekwondo or something. So he adapted the belts into like sashes you would wear or like around, like almost like a scarf around your shoulders. Yeah. So they're using these well-known techniques that they're kind of claiming as their own. And you wouldn't know any better, right? If you hadn't run into them. Um, And they're using them and they're like kind of helping you in the beginning. And then you're sucked in and you're invested. And now you're doing it. You're bringing people into the cult through your coaching business. I'm doing air quotes. Right. And, but then the whole time you're hearing about this elusive Keith, this Keith Ranieri who runs it, but you don't ever meet him. You don't really see him. You just know that he's like the head guy. He's the best at this. Like he's, he's always watching and you're always trying to like, you want to look good in front of Keith. You want your numbers to look good in front of Keith. Yeah. He's presented as this like mysterious genius. Right. And the person doing all the the videos that you're watching or in person, I guess if you were like a rich person, she would fly in because they were like targeting like wealthy people for this. Um, and like, she was the face of it. Right. Um, and she took a fall for it. Um, and like, she was the one that was skilled in NLP and hypnosis. And she was the one using these skills and teaching other people to use them. But there's this mysterious Keith guy in the background that maybe you see a clip of him speaking, maybe not. Right. Yep. Okay. So then you're in it. And let's say you're climbing the ranks as a coach. Like you start to get pulled into these like specialty classes, right? And there's some for male empowerment. I'm not really sure why that's needed, but yeah, it's not, it's not. Um, but it was, it was sold as like that they were some kind of protectors. Right. Yeah. Um, and that they were, you know, to protect and help women. It, that's how it was sold. It was not that, but whatever. And then for women, there was one, I think it was called DOS, right? 
and they were brought in to become empowered, but it was all really tricking you into being um, kind of like subservient to Keith, right? And it was separating the men and the women so that no one was talking to each other. So no one knew what was going on in DOS. Yes. It was it basically think of it as like grooming people. Yes. Well, oh, go ahead. And also what's happening is that like what we talked about in the last episode is that there are all these things happening at once. So like not only are you doing this coaching thing and you're you're rising in the ranks of this. But there's also this like these like commune these community like hangouts and like volleyball games and like Keith is known for like taking walks around the neighborhood. Oh, but it's at 3 a.m. And so like you actually get like asked to like go for a walk with Keith at 3 a.m. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's been built up so much to these people that it's his way of keeping everybody sleep deprived. No one's allowed to sleep. Like they can get a call at any moment to like get up and go take a walk with Keith or to go to this class or go do that with someone. Mm -hmm. All the women are told that they need to be like counting their calories that they need to. So not only are they sleep deprived, they're malnourished and starving. Mm -hmm. And And so it's snuck upon you. Right. Yeah. There is a thing where they try to get you to go watch Keith play volleyball. Um, I would like you all to watch this documentary so much. And then I would like you to comment to us on Keith's volleyball outfit, because I have no shame in making fun of this man because he sucks. So let's just, I'm just going to put that out there for you. It's a gem waiting for you. It's waiting. Just go ahead and look. But yeah, to the point, like think of it as like, proximity to a celebrity yes that's how it's built like getting invited backstage to like at a rock concert and get to meet somebody like this is the environment that's created and although he's no rock star no (laughs) um he's you're sort of um mind controlled really into believing that he is right and i think the the beauty of the vow, which is your homework. We are now assigning homework in this podcast (laughs) to watch the vow. And it's made by this man named Mark. And he was very high ranking in this cult. Um, He also was a cinematographer. Uh He has all of this footage of like the, like actual day in day out activity. So like you can actually see, what's happening they it's so it's created it it reads as a movie like when you're watching it reads like a like a movie slash documentary and so you can very easily see how you would slip into this this man mark was smart he was rich he won awards he had been like on red carpets and literally had like the rug pulled out from under him by this guy because because he was a narcissist. Keith Ranieri is a narcissist and he was manipulated and tricked. Absolutely. And it, it's so well done. Like you really get so invested. You're on the journey with these people. There are two of the women. One of them is Mark Vincente's wife. Um, and the other one, is it Sarah Edmondson? Yep. We're both actresses. Mm-hmm. Um, a very famous actress, Allie Mack from Smallville gets sucked in and becomes like a, Part, a, a huge part of the sex cult. 
but you're in this and all this stuff is happening. There's retreats there. You're working inside of this. Like you're all living together when you get up higher, right? Like everybody moves to this one place. There's all this pressure for you to do that and leave your life behind. And then all of a sudden there's this, this part of the DOS part we were talking about before where it's like female empowerment. All of a sudden it's about like becoming a strong female. It's this extra club and like you're, exclusively invited and you are invited by someone who's going to be um, your master and you're their slave. And it's sold to you as like this great accountability group, right? I'm going to help you. What's your goal? Like, and it's really preys upon women and how we, we teach women to like think they're fat all the time and like it, whatever it preys upon that. Um, and then in order to join, you have to send in collateral, which you mentioned before, which could be nude photos. It could be you making up a lie about like your mom and like then release it, you know, like, and that you have to keep sending this to stay in. So now you're stuck to the point where they just keep gradually bringing you in more. So they, they branded these women. They didn't know they were being branded. They branded them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're, they're, up at the highest levels, they have to have sex with Keith Raniere. Yep. There you go. There's my synopsis of Nixium that nobody asked for. <laughs> well, and but it's it's incredible. I mean, obviously it's awful, like you're saying it, and it's it's awful, mm-hmm. but it's so captivating. And it's if you really want to look into like how you can lose track of yourself, you lose track of your own life and completely cut be cut off from your own intuition, your own like gut instincts look into something like this because um, you'll lose all sense of superiority and judgment when it comes to seeing people like this. It's so intriguing. Your judgy pants will come off. They will have to come off. Yeah. They will fall off of your body. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, Jamie, do you know what goes really well with listening to a podcast? A great cup of coffee. Yep. And if you're local to South Shore, Massachusetts, you've got to check out Restoration Coffee. They're a specialty coffee shop that's been voted best coffee on the South Shore numerous times. And they offer more than just a great cup of coffee. They have specialty lattes, breakfast and lunch options, a cool vibe, and a really friendly staff. And if you're local or not, you can also order their beans, which are roasted in-house, by the way, and have them shipped anywhere. Yes. I'm going to go grab myself an Americano. No, grab me a Rachel with oat milk. That's my favorite latte. All right. You got it. And you know what, Jay? The owner is also really hot. Um, You should know you're married to him. <laughs> All right. Visit restoration-coffee.com. That's restoration-coffee.com. And tell them that the intuitive girl sent you. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, like Jamie and I used to be in the judgy bands category of this, like how could anyone be in a cult? Right. We learned about Scientology and sort of started to understand it and then learned about Nexium and really were like, oh my God, this really paints a picture of how this happens. So it is so worth watching and then tell us what you think and tell us if you think you would have been sucked in the sashes have deterred you as well. <laughs> what point would you have been like questioning stuff? But, you know, I always say too, Jamie, like I have you. So like, if I was, if I found this great new 
program, I would make you come with me. And so like, there's two people there and there's someone to be like, Hey, this doesn't seem right. You know what I mean? Or someone to talk about your doubts with. I think a lot of people don't have that person. They don't have a Jamie to, to do that. They feel kind of alone in wanting to do self-development work. And like, it's already separating them from their family. So, or their people that they know. Right. So I think it really makes them susceptible. Yeah. And I think that even if you do have someone, if you have your own Jamie in your life, that cult is going to work really hard at ostracizing them from your life. They're going to really work to keep, pull you away from them. Right. And if and if your Jamie isn't like my Jamie, that could be a problem. <laughs> right. Because they might not be vicious and hang on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think, and I, I want everyone to watch these so desperately, but even bigger than that, I want us to really see what's going on with this stuff because it's not just like this group of like, I know gullible was one of the words, but like gullible, uneducated people right. being brought into cults. And like, it's Scientology is huge. I don't know how many people are actively in Scientology. I'm sure those numbers are all fudged, but they're a billion dollar corporation that is not a religion and should not be tax exempt. Right. Um, and get to get away with really terrible behavior um, because of the fact that they're so rich. Right. Um, and then, so you need to know about that so you don't fall for that kind of stuff. But also, you need to keep an eye out that there's not like environments where that stuff starts to be created. Like people are going to keep making cults if we don't really educate people about what that's like. And we don't really say like, Hey, if somebody starts telling you not to think for yourself, run the hell away. Right. And pay attention to what's happening to the people in your life that you can flag them before it's too late. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it cannot be easy to get yourself out of a cult, especially like I think about Scientology and how like you're cut off from everybody. You have no skills. You have no money because so Scientology has the Sea Org, right, Jay? So like that's sort of like the, I don't know, how would you describe the Sea Org? They, it, it's the people who work for Scientology, but they frame it as like, it's almost like a military. It's, it's sort of supposed to look like you're in like the Navy. Right. So, and it's, it's also sold as like, these are the people who are really dedicating their life right, to, to saving the planet and bringing Scientology places. Right. And I don't really know what they do besides sail around on a boat, but like. They just do the dirty work of, of all of Scientology. And like we talked about in the last episode, like they're not supposed to have children, like their, their lives are, and they're very minimally paid like their lives are so controlled they've devoted like literally their whole entire lives to these cults that they don't have any money they're told they're not even supposed to have like get married or have kids if they do they're they're talked into and sometimes forced into having abortions Mm -hmm. like we're talking about like really severe micromanagement of people's lives like really high amounts of control absolutely and so Imagine trying to leave that. Right. Where are you going to go? How are you going to like, and you know, if, if you're already flagged as, as like a doubter, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a technical word, but that's what I'm going to use. You like Scientology, like imprisons you. 
Well, I was just going to say that there are certain like properties that they owned that they own that they're literally like prison camps where you can't get in, you can't get out. Like the police know not the police know, meaning they're paid off. Like they know not to respond to like wellness checks that are called for there. Like they're, they're like prisons. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you need to watch Leah's aftermath, the Scientology, the aftermath stuff for sure. I don't think I know that you need to watch it. It's so good. You guys will love it. Um, but even, even before you do that, just Google Shelly Miscavige, who was David Miscavige's wife, who has gone missing. And it's documented that she was kind of taking steps to get out. Right. And no one has seen her for what, like almost a decade now. I mean, right. she's either dead or imprisoned on one of those properties. Right. Yeah. Never to be seen again. Right. Exactly. Well, I can go on and on about Scientology and Nexium, but I also want to, I want to hear your stuff about QAnon too. Yeah. So we have a couple more to go over quickly. Okay. Um, I think that this one isn't interesting to talk about um, is Charles Manson and the Manson family. Oh yes. This is a very mind bendy one for me. And it, well, well, I'll, I'll say what I think at the end, but so the Manson <laughs> family was a desert commune and cult led by Charles Manson that was active in California in the 60s and the 70s. It consisted of approximately 50 followers, and they lived a very unconventional lifestyle. Um, they had like they used like they had habitual use of hallucin- hallucinogenic drugs. They used LSD all the time, like for these sort of like trippy, mind bending, brain altering experiences. Um, According to one of the group members, Susan Atkins, the family believed that Manson, this is what I didn't realize. I grew up like just knowing who Charles Manson was, but not really understanding like why he had the pull that he had. Hmm. They believed that he was the manifestation of Jesus Christ and that his prophecies were reliable concerning an imminent apocalyptic race war. So he was one of those people who claimed to be the next Jesus. And like, for whatever reason, he sold that well enough that people believed it. Right. And then think about like the time, like the sixties and the seventies, like, like, so then he's talking about like a race war. That was exactly what a lot of people probably had on their minds. Exactly. Um, So Also, also a small white guy, just saying. Agreed. And, and I, I think we could also say that, the majority, if not all of them, would be probably clinically diagnosed as narcissists, right? Absolutely. And if you don't know what a narcissist is, like, give that a Google. Because I always thought that, like, oh, you're a narcissist. You, like, really, you like, you, like you're cocky and you think a lot about yourself. Like, it's actually, like, a personality dis- disorder. And it's um, scary, really. But, like, really intriguing to read about people who are narcissistic. Absolutely. Have you... Have you listened to the Dear John podcast? No. Oh, you would like that, Jay. So perfectly, I think it's also a Netflix series, I think. Um, it's a, it's just, a, it's like a story. It's a real story. Um, and it's perfectly illustrates a narcissist in the behavior. And like, it's this woman's story of like how she ended up married to one and like stayed with him and all that kind of stuff. It's a really awesome view of that. So like, if you're trying to get a picture of it, I would totally recommend checking that out. Okay. I definitely will. And I, and I definitely think that all of these, again, white men who are running these cults, I think they also would be considered narcissistic personality disorder. 
Agreed. And at one point or another, at least Manson, Ranieri, and David Miscavige all tried to look Jesus-y. I'm just going to throw they that. They did. Exactly. They all absolutely did. Mm-hmm. They definitely did. Um, so in 1969, under Manson's orders, followers, Tex Watson, Susan Atkins, um, and Patricia Krenwinkel, they entered the home of Hollywood actress Sharon Tate and murdered her and four other people. And Sharon was very pregnant, I believe, right? I believe she was. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this, and as we know, Manson then went to prison. Right. Because, but he didn't actually kill anybody. This is the mind bendy part of this for me. And this is where I actually was happy to see that a court of law would actually follow through and agree that someone could incite something like this, Um, right? Like you're responsible, even if you're not actually pulling the trigger, if you're not there at Sharon Tate's house, you're still responsible because you had, you manipulated these people so far that they were doing your bidding. It gives me strong QAnon MAGA vibes. I got to tell you. That's exactly what I was going to say is that like, so what, when we talk about the insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th, like, we talk about incitement and who's responsible for what, like mm-hmm. if you're a part of a group that is constantly being giving all of these signals and all of these, these signs and messages to do something, mm-hmm. isn't the person that's giving those messages and those signals just as responsible as the people that were there. Yeah. Just as Charles Manson was responsible for the murders. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, we put Charles Manson away. So obviously there's some law that aligns with that. Yeah. There's precedent for, mm-hmm. for that being legal responsibility. Exactly. I think that's so, something we need to look at. Do we know why Manson wanted Sharon Tate and the people in that house murdered? I don't, I did. It was like, it was pages and pages and pages of stuff. I'm not exactly sure why. I don't remember why. I know he was obsessed with um, the Beatles and certain Beatle lyrics. And if you listen to certain songs and listen to them backwards, they were giving instructions on what to do. Mm. Um, so it's probably more of an obsession with her thing. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And they were all like on LSD and, and they're like, literally not in the right state of mind, you know? Yeah. So scary. So scary. Yep. Very scary stuff. So my final one, and this might sadden some of you nineties babies (laughs) is myself, but there's word that, um, Jared Leto has started a cult. I can't deal with this, Jamie, because I know no Jordan Catalano cannot be the head of a cult. I know. I love Jordan Catalano from my so-called life. Oh my God. Yeah. And he has a band now, not Jordan, Jared Leto. But that's, that's part of the cult. It stems from there, his band, which is called 30 seconds to Mars. Um, The band is part of the cult. Yeah, I think it. And so this is like where it's, you know, obviously like nothing's really proven, but it's all over the interwebs that like he has started this it's called um, it's called the echelon is the group. Mm. Um, And these people, so I think it started as like being like really obsessed with the band itself. Okay. So like super fans, super fans. And you know how like 
bands these days are doing like you can go on a cruise with new kids on the block did you know that i would love to go on a cruise with new kids on the block <laughs> so would i so i don't really want to do the cruise part but i like the new kids on the block part love new kids on the block same but um but they're so this group 30 seconds to mars the band they have these getaways like these retreats that you can go on and at first it was like oh it was just like a way to see the band and to meet the band and have private shows but they're actually like these three-day excursions on an island in Croatia that they they call Mars Island like after 30 seconds to Mars yeah um you pay upwards of five thousand dollars for the three-day excursion oh my god but and people wear mostly all white. Like you can Google this and see pictures of Jared Leto, like literally again, looking like Jesus. He has like white robes on and sandal, like flip flops on, but like everyone walking behind him has like all these white linen clothes on. Um, but what they're saying is that like these, these excursions, there's not a lot of music playing happening. It's more like them talking and like you can see photos of people literally like sitting at the feet of Jared Leto and they just sit around and listen to him talk. He does play some music, but it's not like that's not the focal point of the weekends. Even like if you look at the advertisements, it's not even centered around the music in like a concert. It's about Jared Leto and seeing him. Oh, it's so irresponsible. <laughs> so, like. Okay, as <laughs> as a confessed super fan of Bon Jovi, mm-hmm. at one time in my life, I was a card carrying fan club member. I know, I know this about you. Yes, I have seen and been around people who their life was to follow the band. I I was never that person. I mean, I'm clearly not judging them being I was formerly a guard carrying member like whatever but like I saw that I saw and heard them speaking um I was around people like that for a while in my early 20s and I gotta tell you had I mean John Bon Jovi is a fantastic human in my opinion but like had he not been and wanted to take advantage of that somehow that would have been very easy to do absolutely I I agree with you 100%. And I think that most people would be susceptible for that. Like the level that people feel like fandom about like music artists that I think it would be easy for most artists to do that. Yeah. And groupies are just ready for that basically. Right. And that's, so I was sort of like hemming and hawing about this. I was on the fence about like, is this really a cult? Is it not? I'm not sure I'm a hundred percent sold, but then I read about how, at one of the excursions, you could win like through something, something that happens during one of the days, like there's some competition or something that happens. And the prize is winning a night in Leto's bed. No. Oh my God. This is like giving me rock of love, love vibes a bit. This that's is what it says like that. I mean, oh. I mean, I guess you could write anything on the internet, but like that, that's what people are claiming is that that's what, that's what people were competing over. And I will say what I thought when I was reading about this, there are some psychologists that will say that, and I think this is a little bit of a reach. That's why I didn't initially include it, but like 
some therapists or psychologists will say many things are cults. You just have to decide like what are good ones and what are bad ones. Like speaking of music, you could say that like deadheads, people who follow the Grateful Dead around are a cult. They have like a shared obsession. They put their lives on hold to do that. They give a lot of money to the band. Um, You know, a lot of those characteristics that we went over in the last episode, you might be able to check some of those boxes off, like being a deadhead. Mm -hmm. But like, are they manipulating you? Like, is it a sex cult? Is it like, are you being harmed? Yeah. Can you leave? Yes. Right. So that's my thing. Like, I would not call being a deadhead being in a cult. Um, it's, I mean, all of these things have some culty kind of culty vibes going, right. culty vibes. That should be the hashtag. Right. right. Um, but right. You're, you can leave. I mean, maybe you can't leave an Island in Croatia with, with Jordan Catalano. I'm just calling. <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> but like you can leave the grateful dead tour. Like, right. you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Culty vibes totally an environment for a lot of sketchy stuff to go down, not to the point where like with Scientology and Nexium and Jehovah witnesses where like, you can't get out. Agreed. So, I mean, the Jared Leto thing, I don't know that I would actually call that a cult. I would call it gross and irresponsible and not nice, but, um, but culty vibes, very cult hashtag culty vibes. I mean, I sent you a TikTok of, Speaking of being a 90s baby, Andrew Keegan, certainly not to Jordan Catalano level, at least in my book, um, having the cult. I know. What so, the I mean, I could see myself getting a little sucked into a Jordan Catalano cult. I don't think I would be sucked into an Andrew Keegan cult. But back in the day, if there was like a Jonathan Taylor Thomas cult, <laughs> I probably would have joined that one. <laughs> exactly. So I think like that's up to our, like to your own discretion. Like, is that really a cult? Maybe, maybe not, but. And like, go go ahead and love celebrities. Go ahead and like be obsessed with rock stars. Go go right ahead. But like, make sure you're like drawing the line somewhere for yourself. Right. Exactly. Don't ruin your life over it. Don't ruin it. If you're a card carrying member, just make sure you're not ruining your life. Exactly. All right. So this is the final topic. And it's, oh, it's, if you really, if you like the coffee, coffee talk with Heather and Jamie, culty coffee talk, this is going (laughs) to be because I don't have anything like prepared to say beyond like one or two definitions to start us off. But like, we've talked about Donald Trump in the last episode, we made it clear that like, we were not fans of his, Mm -hmm. um, and that he is a cult of personality, like we talked about, and that people who would consider themselves like MAGA would be in one of those extremist type of cult groups, right? Mm-hmm. And I do think I do think we should say, to be fair, that like if you are someone who like voted for Trump, not every single person who voted for Trump is in a cult. Don't send the email that, that complains about that. Save yourself time. I'm not saying that. Like I don't think your grandma who, you know, just didn't want to see Joe Biden and then she voted for Trump. I don't think that she's in a cult, but I think that there is a substantial base of people who are Trump followers, devotees even. Um, And I think it's all wrapped up in this QAnon stuff, but I think it goes beyond that. And 
And I don't even know how to like untangle it to present it to talk about. I don't think it's on, I think maybe it's on purpose that it's not clear. Right. Do you know what I mean? And right. yeah, I'm going to let, I have things to say, but I'm going to let you start because I have, I'll, I'll, I'll sprinkle them in. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to, the only thing I'm going to start with is saying that I'm going to go so far as to say that MAGA, like if you're full on MAGA, like real, real MAGA, that's culty. That's a cult. I'm going to say that. Yeah. That's but, more than just culty vibes. That's cult. Correct. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk about, I just want to give the definition of what QAnon actually is. I think it's talked about all the time and people don't actually know what it is. And I think if you hear what it is, you're gonna be shooketh. Yes, please. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So the question is like, at what point does a conspiracy theory like QAnon become a cult? That's what was I was asking myself as I was preparing these episodes, right? Fantastic question. Spoiler alert, I don't have the flat answer. Earthers. Like flat earthers. Like right. is that a cult? No, it's not a cult. Like you believe something, but you're not like, you're not storming the Capitol about it. You're not like, you're not murdering people over it. Like that's, for me, that's the line, you know? Yeah. Murder's the line for you. <laughs> the hard line for me. <laughs> not for other people, apparently, but for no. me, hard line. Yeah. All right. So this is what QAnon is. It is a disproven and discredited, which means that like this has been looked into and proven false and not real. Far right conspiracy theory alleging that a secret cabal, which is like uh, like a like a form faction of people that a secret cabal of Satan worshiping cannibalistic pedophiles. I mean, wait right there. Okay, you're throwing a lot in. Like, I'm not exaggerating. This is like legit what people believe. Right. Like it's, it, I mean, one of those three things on its own would be like, a. you would be like, oh, that's a person that we should question. But they're saying you worship Satan, you drink the blood of children, right? You, you're a cannibal. So you're yeah, a cannibal. You, okay. Yep. Right. And also a pedophile. Yes, all three. I mean, you're really going in hot, in my opinion here. And that's where like that sort of like when you hear people talking about like the Hollywood elite, they're a, they're implying that like a lot of like famous Hollywood stars are a part of this group that's trying to take over America. Yeah, it reminds me of what is that that thing that people say, like there's lizard people. What is that? one? Yes. Yeah, they're like, like the, the people, ha the lizard people are running the government. Yes, exactly. So, okay. So um, this isn't even the full definition. All right. So oh, we're going to. Illuminati is what I was trying to think of. Like it, it reminds me of, like, I feel like they borrowed some ideas from that. Yes. Okay. So QAnon is this group that <laughs> believes that there's a secret group of Satan worshiping cannibalistic pedophiles running a global sex trafficking ring and plotted against U.S. President Donald Trump while he was in office. So they're worshiping the devil, they're eating people, they're being pedophiles, but then they're also trafficking people, children, children mm -hmm. to the sex trade. Yes. All of this is happening. Yes. Okay. And Donald Trump is going to save all of us from that. 
Okay. So, <laughs> um, okay. and that's literally all I have on the paper. Like I don't, I don't, there's, there's, there's like an evangelical wing. There's like a hyper Christian part of this that like funds a lot of money to these QAnon groups. Um, I was going to say it's very, there's a lot of evangelical agenda happening in QAnon. Right. There's also this like dissemination of information that has come down, like from what I've seen through like these wellness circles. Um, you know, yes. You know, like, I've seen a lot of people that I know. Mm -hmm. I personally know people who have been sharing QAnon information on social media without knowing that it's a false and B from QAnon. Like they actually think they're sharing information like the whole um, save the children when they were saying there was sex trafficking and there were children like being like trafficked through Wayfair furniture that a was not true. It was proven to be false and it was you, it was being used to distract people from like, from the George Floyd BLM stuff that was happening. Yeah. I think it's important to add in that QAnon is very clearly a white supremacist. Yes. So we have white supremacy. We have like very extreme evangelical, like, energy there. Mm-hmm. It's it's so hard to untangle. And I really think a lot of people are being used by this without even knowing. Agreed. And I think I think that's what makes me feel like sometimes um things in the spiritual world can be have culty vibes. Because yes. and I even see it with some MLMs pushing this agenda that aligns with QAnon and not really like people aren't really knowing because they're not looking into it for themselves. And I'm not putting you on blast if you like accidentally shared it. Like, I don't, I don't think you're the party that we need to take out here, (laughs) but you do have to sort of be like, Hey, I have some responsibility here. I should check into what I'm talking about and sharing and also it was so clearly a distraction from talking about the incredible race issue and problem we have in this country that like, you got to check in with yourself about that too. Well, that was my, that was one of the big red flags that I had personally with people was that I saw people being very loud and very um, active on behalf of children being sex trafficked, which Obviously, yes, we should be doing that, but through rightful agencies, like there were, there were actual agencies coming out and saying, stop saying this, stop sharing this, stop giving your money to these people. They're not helping the cause. This isn't how we do the work. People were saying that, like, stop this. A lot of these women that I know were very vocal about saving the children and how dare we and somehow Hillary Clinton was involved because of the whole pizza gate thing, which again, false flag wasn't true. Mm -mm. Those people never said a word for George Floyd. They never said a word for BLM. They never spoke up for black people. They never spoke up for indigenous or, or people of color. So it became in that moment, very clear to me that they felt like they should be speaking up 
that was too scary for them. So they went to this like, well, how can you be mad at me for talking about sex trafficking? It's totally, I agree with you. It's totally the white girl thing of like, I don't want to like, I don't want to take a hard look at my own issues and my own behavior. Um, So instead I will scream loudly about this. Right. And it became like this, rather than being helpful, it was this avoidance. And and yet none of them actually were aware that they were doing the bidding of this insane group being, you know, funneling in this far right white supremacist group, funneling evangelical money through it, putting it everywhere. I mean, and, and these, they didn't know. Exactly. It's, it's a hard thing. I think you have to take responsibility, but I also think the people to go after are the, the people spreading it. Like, do you know what I mean? So like, I think it's a line, but it, it was also really difficult to watch. And it also really deeply pisses me off when it's like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep sharing this hashtag and saying, save the children, but like, you're not actually doing anything to help children at all. And like, there are children that actually need things and like that you could help out. And instead you're just like sharing a a hashtag that you probably should have looked into first and like riding around on your high horse about it. Like, mm, no. Right. And, and there are people. So, so we could say like, if we're doing this cult check, right? Like, does this, does this pass the cult vibe check? Like, yeah, those those people that like got caught up in the save the children thing, like who get caught up in, um, you know, whatever else might be coming down the line from QAnon, they're not in a cult, but there are people who literally call QAnon Q like it's a person. And they literally were at the Capitol building on January 6th, like acting on behalf of QAnon and Donald Trump. Very Charles Manson-esque. Very Charles Manson-esque, very terrifying, very scary, and actually worse than Charles Manson. I mean, on a, on a grander scale, you know, way, way bigger scale. Agreed. I think, I think the thing that is so scary about QAnon is that it's so mysterious. Like, I've watched a bunch of different videos about, like, who the actual leader is. And, like, I, I couldn't even tell you because there's so many different people that they're saying it is. You know what I mean? Like... It, it, it's really, it's really scary. And like, I do feel like I need to say um, the evangelical church is also a cult. So it, that like using QAnon and, and stuff like that to promote stuff like, um, you know, like coming out and bashing gay people and coming out and, and like trying to take away women's rights and stuff. Like yeah. you see a political leader doing those things the evangelical church is probably backing them. Like, and so QAnon blurs the line with a lot of that stuff, like right. and the white supremacy stuff and like the weird distraction and like, Oh, it's, it's really tough. It's what scares me about social media is that people will just hit the share button or jump on a bandwagon and not check into what's going on. I mean, you're, you're setting yourself up to get sucked into a cult. Right. Exactly. And, and back to the question I asked you about, you know, the leaders like Miscavige and Ranieri, did they know, like, does Donald Trump know 
like who QAnon is, who's funding QAnon, are they in cahoots together? Or is it just more of his dumb luck that like people saw how maniacally, feverishly obsessed people were with Trump? And so the evangelicals and whoever else started to push their their stuff with QAnon. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Trump it, it reminds me more of like Keith Raniere in the way that like he just kept grabbing a bit more power and then kept going. And I think it was pretty clear when he was running the first time that the evangelical church was backing him just on his stance on and the specific wording. Like, and I'm not, I'm not being conspiracy theory about this. You can, you can look it up um, and you can actually see who the evangelical church supports. They're not like, they're trying to hide it. Um, but like his stance on like abortion and his stance on women's rights and, you know, a bunch of other things very much line up with the evangelical church. So I think it was like, okay, we'll back him, you know, like, I mean, they backed Ronald Reagan too. I mean, it's not like weird. Um, and then, you know, his sort of narcissistic, um, personality and that, that thing that he does where he's kind of immune to any criticism, Um, which is so frightening to me um, that like he sort of bullies his way out of it. And like people make excuses for it. I think now you're like, okay, this man clearly will grab power from anyone as long as they act like they're kind of like worship him. So I think you've got sort of a a recipe for disaster here. Right. And that's, I, I agree with you on every part of that. And also another we'll put it in the show notes. If you want to read um, the book by Trump's niece, who is called too much and never enough or something mm-hmm. like that. I it's about, it. I'm excited to read it. You read it. It's so good. It's about the entire Trump family and basically how they created the monster that is Donald Trump. And you just summed up that like for him, um, like criticism is he's, he learned to change it into like a fuel for himself um, rather than, so it, it's just it, everything for him is a power grab. But um, again, like we've been talking about this for what, like 10 minutes and it, it's still who, which came first, like Trump, QAnon. I mean, I, I'll say, I think the evangelical church came first. I think they started way, they started that way back, but like it's the chicken and the egg. I don't know. It's like such a blur of obsession and it's really taking advantage of people who would be best served to have nothing to do with Donald Trump or the evangelical church or the Republican party in and of itself, like people who'd be best served, like to be taken care of, like in another way. I mean, can't, with what just happened in Texas, I feel like that's like such a perfect example. of that. Right. Exactly. With Ted Cruz and then AOC coming like, I mean, it, I think that's what's so heartbreaking about it is like you see, I know we both have people in our lives that we care about who have been kind of sucked into Mm -hmm. the whole MAGA thing. Um, And I I think what's so, I'm not making excuses for them because to me, there's no excuse for being racist. Like I just, I I won't give you a pass, but what I will say is it's, it's really sad to see them fight for stuff that in the end will only hurt them. Exactly. And I think that that's what happens is that like people have been trained to prioritize white supremacy, um, even in ways that they don't know. They don't know that when they're 
voting for Ted Cruz that they're choosing white supremacy. I mean, some of them probably, but like, you know, they're voting against people who would like implement programs that would benefit them. They're, they're voting against like a minimum wage that would serve them. They're voting against like universal healthcare that would benefit everybody. Like, but power and superiority and being on top of the, the ranking list is more important to people. It feels safer to be on the top as a white person. Yeah. And like white men, especially controlling these narratives and manipulating people is not a new story. This is tale as old as time, patriarchal bullshit. Like, I mean, their Fox news is clearly controlled by people who want to <laughs> spread a certain wrong mindset. I don't just mean wrong mindset. I mean, untrue mindset, right? Like they're um, it's propaganda is what it is. Yeah. But like, I even think of like the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. Like he owned so many and like had in his pocket so many like gossip magazines and things that like he could control stories coming out of like women he abused trying to like tell their story and, and get him taken out. Like he could control that. Right. Exactly. So this isn't new. So like when you, you think like people like Jamie and I are crazy feminists yelling to smash the patriarchy. It's because of this shit's been going on for a really long time. This right. stuff we don't even know about going on. And the money that's, that's being paid by like churches and certain places like that, like that's all going to funnel things like that. It's not, it's not just like one person. It's a whole thing that is, is manipulating the entire system. Mm-hmm. So, like QAnon is like, to me, sort of like the violent, disgusting manifestation of decades and hundreds of years worth of this programming. Yeah. Using social media to do so. I think this is like the first one that really like took hold of social media to, to create their sort of mysterious whatever and suck people in. And it's, it's frightening. It's so sad. Exactly. Well, I, if I'm going to join a cult, I'd want it to be with you, Jay. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. But I I do want to say that like, if something that you heard in these two episodes, like raises your hackles a little bit, like just take it as something that you need to look into. Not everything is a cult. Not everything is also not, everything is not an attack on you. Mm-hmm. Um, but just look at it, like be aware of what people are getting from you. Like, what people want from you, what you're giving to people, be aware of that and be aware of if you're using your intuition or your ego with certain people. Yeah. If you don't feel good around somebody, you, we have to learn to value that we're taught not to. And we, it's so important that you rewrite that conditioning. It really, really is because it's the thing that will save you like of all the many documentaries that Jamie and I have watched about people in cults and and getting out on all of that what the answer is that how the person got out was that they finally listened to their intuition or their gut feeling, or they finally something snapped in them and they were like, got back to themselves. And that's the story every time. So, you know, you can save yourself some of that. Um, if you, if you tune in and you listen, it's important. Right. Exactly. And if you're wondering if something's a cult, 
Jamie and I, I mean, I think you qualify as an expert in cults after all of that work. So I'm going to give you that title. But I would just say like, we don't, there are people who are actual certified experts in cults. We don't claim to be them, but we would definitely like continue the conversation with you. Mm -hmm. We wanted to do it privately. Like if you're like, Hey, were you talking about this MLM or this, that like, we'll tell you just right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Keep the conversation going. Um, watch all the documentaries. And then if you're doing something to like expose or take out a cult, tell us and we will we will share it. We'll check into it first yeah. and then we will share it. Right, Jay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We'd love to help with that. This was awesome. I, I hope people love it because, I mean, you and I love to talk about a cult. I love it. Is there's we could go on for hours. There's so much to like look into and get into and to try to understand. I know we didn't even like scratch the surface of it, but hopefully we gave you guys some stuff to look into and to think about when you're getting information on social media, when you're hearing people talking about things like at family parties or in the grocery store, like just have it in your head as to like what's really going on. Like what are what are these people really talking about? Yeah. And if you know somebody who's in a cult or being sucked into one, like try not to have the judgy pants on and, and try to not just be like, you know, what are you thinking and all that? Like really know, like they're being manipulated. So like, you know, try to, I think you'd be better served in helping them if you can come at it from a more educated angle. Agreed. I a hundred percent agree. Okay. Well, check our show notes for all of the homework that you have of all of the documentaries you have to watch. They're all amazing. You will love them. Um, and then please send us feedback about what you thought. If you have anything in addition, um, if we made you mad, we don't, that doesn't bother us. So go right ahead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Try us. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have a cult that we didn't mention that you think is interesting, especially a celebrity cult, please tell us because we'd love to look into that too. Yeah. You can leave us a voice message on the, um, on the app now. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, Jay. That was a lot of work and it was really amazing and fascinating. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to start the hashtag. What did we decide on? Culty vibes? Culty vibes or this is a little culty. This is a little culty. Perfect. (laughs) We'll have our uh, imaginary merch shop make those shirts too. (laughs) Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, Jay. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.